How many was glad when they said, let's go out to the house of God? How many know God's always got something good at his house? Praise God. Amen. You know, when you come expecting, when you come believing, man, God has a word for you. Praise God. It's not as much about the minister. The minister has to come prepared, but it's not as much about the minister as it is between you and God. And when the minister comes prepared, then, man, you can just hear from the Lord and let the Lord speak to you and direct his word to you and however he directs it. Amen. God's a good God. Amen. Hallelujah. Tonight, you have your Bible. Go to Numbers chapter 13. We're reading from the New Living Translation. Numbers chapter 13, if you will. Numbers chapter 13. The title of this message tonight is How to Handle a Negative Report. How to Handle a Negative Report. We are right in the midst, in the throes, if you will, of a busy, wonderful Christmas holiday season. There's joy and merriment everywhere. People are singing and laughing and some people are caroling and there's just a joy. Thank God, a festive joy. And while not everybody experiences that during this time, we've acknowledged that before, oftentimes people during this time are receiving negative reports, negative reports. And there are negative reports because Satan is the small g, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. He's the God of this world. And, and as long as he's running things, as long as he's in charge and his lease is coming due, how many are glad about that? Praise God. But as long as he's in charge, there are going to be some negative reports. There is another life that Jesus has prepared for you and I, and there's not a negative report to be found there. There's no sad days. There's no sorrow there. There's no sickness there. There's no trouble there. There's no, there's no uh, negative reports of any kind. But in this life, in this realm, if you live long enough as a Christian, you will no doubt experience sometimes when you receive a negative report. I can remember in my own life when 1984, when I heard that my sweet mama went home to be with the Lord. Man, I didn't want that. Wasn't expecting that. Yeah, it was a negative report. I can remember times when my uh, down on the job when I was um, hourly employee working, and I can remember when times when the, everything's going well, going perfect, and then right at Christmas time, the manager come in and say, "Well, we're going to be cutting back hours. We're cutting." All you part-timers back to 17 and a half hours. I was a part-timer. I was going to school. I remember I was going to Ramah. And uh, I was working as an hourly employee. And I remember back then working 30 hours was enough to meet our budget, our family budget. If I, if I worked 30 hours a week, and I think I was working 40, 45, sometimes 50 hours a week and going to Ramah. The manager came in one day and said, we're going to move all the part-timers down to 17 and a half hours. It was a negative report. People were whining and complaining. Some people have been to a doctor and they've heard a doctor tell them something's going on in their body and they've received a negative report. Sometimes it can be financial. Sometimes it can be spiritual. Sometimes it can be relational. There are all kinds of negative reports and if you keep living for Christ, you're going to hear a negative report. There's no way to inoculate yourself from not sometime receiving a negative report. And the enemy is an equal negative report giver. And he will try to mess up someone's festivities, mess up someone's joy, mess up someone's happiness. He'll try to rob someone's joy. 
by sending to a Christian a negative report. But the Bible gives you and I clear instructions and Jesus left us step-by-step directions as to how to handle it and what to do when we get a negative report. We're in Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to start at verse 25 and read down to 33. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, Numbers 13, 25 through 33. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole community of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. And they reported to the whole community what they had seen and shown them the fruit that they had taken from the land. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land you sent us to explore and it is indeed a bountiful country, land flowing with milk and honey. Here's the kind of fruit it produces, 28. But the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there and the descendants of Anak. 29, the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country. Uh, The Canaanites, the Mosquito, I always say that. Uh, The Canaanites live among the coast of the Mediterranean Sea along the Jordan Valley. But Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once to take the land. He said, we can certainly conquer it. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report. Everybody say bad report about the land among the Israelites, the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Everybody say grasshoppers. And that's exactly what they thought too. As I say, no doubt living long enough in this world, we're going to experience no matter what time of year it is and sometimes right in the middle of our joy and merriment and festivity, uh, the enemy will try to derail your faith, try to derail your joy. But aren't you glad he's a defeated foe? I said, aren't you glad that the enemy is a defeated foe? We're not trying to defeat him. We're not waiting to defeat him. He is already defeated. Praise God. So I want to give you a few uh, pointers tonight on how to handle a negative report. Number one, are you ready? Number one, don't worry, but worship. Don't worry. When you get a negative report, what happens so often is people immediately fear. They immediately worry. Don't worry, but worship. Go with me to 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, if you would, please. 2 Chronicles. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't give place to worry. Don't give place to worry. Second Chronicles chapter 20. So often when the negative report comes, people tend to, uh, they tend to, to worry. They get bogged down and worry. What are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? How are we going to handle this? What are we going to do for that? We were just singing, even when we can't see it, you're working. And so often people will sing that even when we can't see it, you're working, you're working. Then tomorrow morning, somebody call and give a negative report and we say, oh, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? Don't worry, but worship. 
2 Chronicles 20, I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, and then I'm going to skip down to 18 and 19, and then I'm going to finish with 21 through 28. I'm going to read fast. 2 Chronicles 20, verses 1 through 4. After this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the um, Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They're already at uh, Hazazan, Tamar. That was another name for Engedi. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. We're going to go skip down to uh, verses 18 and 19. But you can see uh, the, the king of Judah got some terrifying news that these other armies were marching out against him. They were going to defeat him. They weren't planning it. it was all, the plan was already in action. And, 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 and they were just a short distance away. And it terrified the king of Judah. Let's go on with the story. Verses 18 and 19. We're in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 18 and 19. Then King Jehoshaphat, he bowed low with his face to the ground. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Everybody say, worshiping the Lord. And then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. And then verses 21 through 28. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise. Watch now. The Lord calls the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. They had come out to fight against Judah. Now they're fighting against themselves. And the armies of Moab, Ammon, and, and <clears throat> turned against um, their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived to the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. And King, Jehoshaphat, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder, and they found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. And there was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It, it is still called the Valley of Blessing today. And then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them overjoyed that the Lord had given them the victory over their enemies. And they marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps and lyres and trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. What an awesome story about the power of praise. And anytime you get a negative report, you can't afford to be without praise on your lips. The Bible says, I, the, I will praise him at all times. His, his, my lips will praise him. I, I will bless the Lord continually. His praise will continually be on my lips. We've got to be prepared to praise God day or night. Prepare, pra- praise him, whether good or bad is going on. Pra- praise him, whether we're getting a good report or a negative report. It really should not affect how we praise our God. 
And when you get a negative report, that is not the time to give up your praise. That's what Satan hopes. Because he can only win through forfeiture. Jesus has already defeated him. So he can't defeat a Christian unless the Christian forfeits. If the Christian just gives up and walks away. And so he's hoping when we get a negative report that we'll do what less mature people do, and that is cut off the flow of praise. But let me tell you, when, when you get a negative report, that ought to increase your flow of praise. You ought to turn up your flow of praise. You ought to increase your time of worship. You ought to tell the Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy to be honored, to be adored. You ought to bless him anyhow. Sometimes we're too shallow here. When something goes on, you get a negative report. Oh, Lord, I, oh, Lord I, just, I, I just don't feel like praising him. I just don't feel like praising him. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Make yourself praise him. I said, turn your heart, turn your mouth into a thermostat. You know, if Tony and I go into the house and it's not the right temperature, the thermostat is kicked on, it'll come up to the right temperature. We don't walk around saying, oh, it's cold in here, it's cold in here. We, the thermostat's kicked on. Give it a minute. It'll bring it up to temperature. It'll warm it up. Hey, man, I got a gadget on ours. It'll pick up where our car is, and it'll start kick on a few miles before we get home. But anyway, but the point is, listen, you can't afford to stop worshiping God just because you got a negative report. I don't care who said boo to you. You need to worship the Lord and bless the Lord and give him glory no matter what's going on in your life. And King Jehoshaphat, he knew that, and he got a report. There are not just one army coming against you. There's two. No, wait. There's not just two armies coming against you. There's three. You're outnumbered. You're outgunned. You're outmanned. It's over, dude. It's over. But he went and got Israel together and said, we're going to fast and pray, and we're going to bless the Lord, and we're going to worship the Lord. And on their way out to battle, he stopped everybody said, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he had all of the army out front on their way to the battlefield. They're on the way to meet the enemy. And on the way to the battlefield, King Jehoshaphat said, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got this wrong. Get all the praisers. Get them up here in front. The Lord tells them in this passage, this is where that famous phrase comes from, the battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. It's because the Lord said that to King Jehoshaphat. He said, the battle's not yours, it's mine. They're messing with me. They're messing with my kids, they're messing with me. And when you put the praisers out in front, you put me out in front. I said, when we begin to worship God and bless the Lord, you bring God from the back of your situation to the front of your situation. When you start to bless his name, God said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're messing with my child now. My hand will protect him. My hand will protect her. Yeah. What was your first point, preacher? Don't worry, but worship. Secondly, listen now, don't blame God, believe God. We're talking about how to handle a negative report. And so often when people get a negative report, they blame God. They, they say, well, God, God, you, you, you did it. You did it. Or you let this happen to you. you Why did you do this to me? You did it to me, God. And people start blaming God, blaming God. Go to Job. Go, go, go to Job chapter 2, verse 9. You know where I'm going here. Job chapter 2, verse 9. You can't afford. Listen, you can't afford to start blaming God. Don't blame God. Believe God. So often people get a negative report, they jump right out of faith. Just because you got a negative report is not the time to jump out of faith. That's the time to stay in faith. I wish I had a bigger amen in here tonight. 
I think I'm going to slow down and drag this thing out. If I get a few more amens, I'll speed up again. <laughs> no, you know Job 2.9, Job's wife. Uh, 8 says, Job scraped his skin with a piece of pottery broken as he sat among the ashes. His wife said to him, uh, his wife said to him, are you still trying to maintain your integrity? Curse God and die. Yeah. But you'll never be successful as a Christian until you learn how to handle a negative report. And when you get a negative report, that's not the time to blame God. No, my friend, that's the time to believe God. Go to Acts 28, Acts 28, verses 1 through 6. Come on, we've got to run through Scripture tonight. Acts 28, Acts 28. Come on, you can run faster than that. Come on, Acts 28, 1 through 6. What's your second point? Don't blame God, believe God. What was your first point? Don't worry, but worship. Acts 28, 1 through 6. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. And as Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire, a poisonous snake, driven out by the heat, bit him on the hand. And the people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, a murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice will not permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. And the people waited for him to swell up or suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a god. Well, God had, uh, you know, Paul had decided he wasn't going to blame God, that he was going to believe God. And if Paul had been like a lot of Christians when that snake bit him, you know, there's, there's 276 people got off of that ship. They were shipwrecked on the island of Malta, a terrible storm. You know that story, no doubt. And, and, and there, there's 276 people who were on board the ship, not counting the Maltese people on the island. There's a lot of people gathering wood. There had to be t- uh, uh, just lots of people gathering wood for the fire. Paul's the only one to report it. A snake come out of his bundle. How come a snake come out of his bundle and bite him on the hand? Of all the people on the ship, how come a snake got to bite him? If he had been like a lot of Christians, he would say, I'll come up, snake, but my snake bite me. What did I do? What did I do? I didn't do anything. Snake bite me. I'm a prisoner on the way to Rome. Well, I got to be on the way to Rome. Snake bite me. I'm snake bit. I'm snake bit. I'm snake bit. I ain't going to church. I ain't going to Bible study. I don't feel like praying. I don't feel like reading. I ain't worshiping God. And a lot of people get a negative report and it sets off a chain of fleshly events like that. But you and I can't afford. The Bible says, listen, uh, we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. <laughs> we have to be wiser. We have to be stronger. We have to be more mature than that as believers. You're going to get a negative report at some time or another whether you want to or not. And that's not a negative confession. That's called living. Just keep living for Christ. But Christ left us an example and left us his word so that we'll know how to handle it when we get a negative report. Don't blame God, believe God. Paul got bit by that snake, but he believed God. And what did he do? He shook it off. Okay, so they laid you off at your job. Shake it off. Okay, you went through adversity. Shake that thing off. Okay, I heard about your financial trouble and you went through a bankruptcy. Shake it off. How long are you going to keep letting that broken relationship affect you? Shake that thing off. 
believe God and, and, and shake it off. Paul shook it off into the fire and suffered no ill effect. They were waiting. They said, ooh, that thing, ooh, that snake that bit him. Did you see that thing? Ooh, that was a, ooh, that thing right there. That'll make you swell up and die real quick. They watched him for a long time. They said, this joker right here is a murderer. How can you, this is what they say. How can you come through a storm, be shipwrecked, survive a storm like that? Land here with us Maltese. How can you survive all of that just to get bit by a snake? They said, oh, no, he's a murderer. Justice caught up with him. They said, this is karma. That was karma for him. He's a bad, we don't know him, but he must be a bad man. He's a bad man. But when he didn't die, they said, this joker is a god. He's got to be a god. (laughs) Yeah, don't blame God. I know what happened wasn't good. It wasn't right. But you need to believe God. I remember when my boss, this, in the example I was telling when my boss, I was an hourly employee, my boss came in and said, we're cutting everybody's hours to 17 and a half hours. That's all you're going to get. I needed 30. I knew I needed 30 to make my budget. Everybody's complaining. The whole work group's complaining. Everybody's complaining. He couldn't even get done with the meeting. Everybody's complaining. I started checking my heart, checking in on the Lord, and I just had a peace. Don't worry about that. Just trust me. That's what I felt. Just trust me. So I just smiled. He gave the negative. The boss gave the negative report. I just smiled. Told him thanks. Told him I thought he was doing a good job. Say, what happened? Well, uh, they called me and one day said, would you come in? We need some help to run a route. And I'm I'm working afternoon at night. They said, would you come in? I said, yeah, I'll come in. I came in. They said, uh, hey, we got a, uh, you ever been to Sepulpa, Oklahoma? I said, never been to Sepulpa. And it wasn't like today. Today, you got GPS, you got telephones, you got on your watch. You can find, today, you can get anywhere you want to go on your watch. Child, please. But, but back in the day, anybody remember back in the day? <laughs> they said, they said, they said, you ever been to Sepulpa? I said, I've never been to Sepulpa. They said, we got, here's a map. There's the keys to a truck that's full of freight, freight with all addresses for Sepulpa. Don't bring none of it back. You willing to go? I said, I'm willing to go. They threw me the keys. I jumped in the truck. That's how I learned Sepulpa, Oklahoma. A few days later, they called me. They said, you ever been to McAllister? I said, where is that? They said, McAllister, Oklahoma. It's down south. I said, I've never been there. They said, you willing to go? I said, I'm willing to go. They said, there's a truck full of freight. Got all McAllister, McAllister and Antlers and Atoka. You never been? No, I don't know. Here's a map. Don't bring none of that freight back. I said, okay. They, they, they asked me again and again, do you know this route? Do you know this side? I said, I don't know. They said, here's a map. Go. I learned all those routes. And when I learned all those routes, when somebody would call in sick, they'd call me. And they'd say, hey, didn't you learn this route? Haven't you been to Sepulpa? Ain't you been to Antlers? Ain't you been to Atoka? Can we work you on your day off? I said, yeah. I got more hours when they said we were going to get 17 and a half hours. I wound up with more hours on average than I'd been working before they ever announced that. <laughs> your problem is you're not listening to God. You're giving way to worry. You've given up your praise. Listen, don't avoid your problem. Acknowledge it. Brother won't get no amen teaching like that. Don't avoid your problem. You, you've got to acknowledge your problem. Do you know there were times in Paul's life when they let him th- down a wall in a basket because somebody was trying to kill him? But if Paul had been like a lot of believers today, a lot of believers today, they just avoid, they avoid their problem. But just because you stick your head in the sand, oh, listen to me now. 
just because you stick your head in the sand like an ostrich and you got bad news or you got a bad report or the doctor said something's going on in your body, you're not, listen, don't avoid, don't avoid the natural facts, the natural circumstances of what may be happening with you. Somebody said, my doctor said I've got this condition. Oh, that old doctor, I ain't listening to that. I rebuke that doctor in the name of Jesus. No, listen, you, you better learn how to listen to the facts. What, what was my point here? Don't avoid it acknowledge it. Don't avoid it. Listen to me now. Acknowledge it. What we need to do is get armed with the greater facts of what? God's Word. 2 Peter 1.4, whereby he's given us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. God expects us to arm ourselves with the greater facts of his Word, not to deny the reality of the existence of a problem. Now, I've seen people deny a problem that a doctor or someone said that they had and that problem got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. What we really need to do is operate in wisdom. Well, I won't get an amen here. Thank you for that one amen, sis. Listen to me now. Sometimes it's better to live to see another day than to avoid what's going on in the natural because you refuse to acknowledge it. It's not going to go away because you and I refuse to acknowledge it. It's not going to go away just because we say, I'm going to avoid that. I ain't going to talk about that. I'm not going to talk about that. What happens is it might look like faith on the one hand, but really it's denial disguised as faith. Oh, a brother won't get an amen teaching like this. Denial disguised as faith is not faith at all. And, and sometimes as it concerns medication, things like that. Listen, medication is not your enemy. Medication might help you stay, al- stay alive. Amen. Stay in faith. Amen. Listen, your doctor tells you to take some kind of medication. So what? Take your medication and stay in faith. And let your doctor come back to you and say, you know what? You don't need that anymore. Or, you know what? We can step that down till you don't need it anymore. I said, that's just as much supernatural faith. That's just as much supernatural healing in that as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. If I don't see this instantaneously, then I'm, I'm not taking I don't get it instantaneously. Oh, come on now. Stop that mess. Thank God he's, in, he's the healer. Thank God he's Jehovah Rapha. And he can heal any way he wants. And if it comes instantly, then praise God and give him all the glory. We receive by faith instantly, always, no matter what. But if your manifestation comes later down the road, then stay in faith, keep the switch of faith turned on and let the Lord continue to manifest his healing in your life that's already happened. Proverbs 18:13. Proverbs 18:13. Oh man, I'm doing a better job teaching this message than y'all are saying amen. Spouting off before listening to the facts is both shameful and foolish. Yeah. You can write this one down, 2 Kings 20, 1 through 7. Uh, in the seventh verse of 2 Kings is the story of King Hezekiah. Isaiah goes to him, you know, and tells him. It was 2 Kings uh, 20, verses 1 through 7. 
Isaiah goes to the king, Hezekiah, and says, get your house in order. God sent me to tell you you're going to die. Here, the prophet gives the king a negative report. The king turns his face to the wall and starts crying, weeping, bitter tears, repenting, talking to God. He repents and talks to God. And before Isaiah can get out to his horse or his mule or whatever he rode in on, God speaks to Isaiah and says, turn around, go back in there. Tell him I heard his prayers. Tell the king I heard all of his prayers. I'm going to give him 15 more years. But as I say, the part of the story we never quote is verse 7. Because God says earlier in the, in the verses, I'll give him 15 more years. And at verse 7, it says, Isaiah told the king, get a cake of figs. Turn that into some type of paste and then put that on your infected boil. And whatever that remedy is, whatever those herbs are, whatever that medicinal thing is in those figs, put it on your infected boil and that'll heal. God gave him something in the natural to do. Listen to me now. God had already promised to heal him and give him 15 years, but God gave King Hezekiah something in the natural to do in accordance with his will. Read it when you get home. That was uh, 2 Kings 20, verses 1 through 7. Make sure you read verses 1 through 7. That's the one that never gets quoted. He had something in the natural that he had to do. Listen, don't worry, but worship. Don't blame God. Believe God. Don't avoid it. Acknowledge it. Listen, don't give up, but get prayed up. Daniel uh, 3, 17 and 18 is the story of the Hebrew boys after King Nebuchadnezzar tells them if they don't bow, he gives them one last opportunity to bow before he casts them into the fiery furnace. And remember what they said? They said right there at verse 17, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us and he will rescue us. Go to 18 from your power, imagine. But even if he doesn't, I love this part. We want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or go to the next one or worship the gold statue you have set up. You know what they were saying? Look, their faith was speaking. They said, listen, we're not going to bow. We're not going to bow to the statue you set up. We're not going to compromise our faith. We're not going to do it. Their faith was talking. Glory to God. But here's where Christians lose it a lot of times. Your commitment also needs to speak. And they, so here's what they said. Even if we get a negative report, if, if we get a report, the furnace is on, the furnace is hot, the furnace is seven times hotter, that's a negative report. <laughs> The furnace ain't just on. They turned it up seven times hotter. You really made the king mad now. They said, even if our God does not deliver us, guess what? We're still not going to bow. You know what was speaking there? Their commitment. We, We have to have our faith speak for us, and we have to also have our commitment to God speak. And I love those scriptures because not just their faith speaks, but their commitment to God speaks. And God will either deliver you from the fire or he'll deliver you through the fire. Either way, you're coming out of that thing. I'm going to say that again. God will either deliver you from the fire or he'll deliver you through the fire. But either way, you're coming out of that thing. <laughs> Jude 20 says we have to build ourselves up in our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't give up. Get prayed up. Listen. Don't freak out in fear, speak out in faith. Don't freak out in in fear, don't freak out in fear, speak out in faith. I'll just give you the scriptures. 2 Corinthians 4.13, the spirit of faith works when we do what? We believe in our heart and we speak with our mouth 
we have the same spirit of faith as the psalmist David when we believe and speak. That's the same thing in Hebrews 13, 5. He himself has said, I will never leave you, nor will I ever forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord's my helper. I will not fear. Don't freak out in fear. Speak out in faith. Of course, Mark 11, 22 through 24. On and on and on, the word encourages you and I how to handle a negative report. I don't know if all your reports have been good. I pray they have. I pray they are. I pray your reports are all good. But somewhere down the road, you're going to get a negative report. And when you do, you're going to have to follow these principles. And so we're going to end here. If you'll close your eyes, let me pray for you. Father, we thank you so much for the power of your word. We thank you for your beautiful people. We thank you for your holy word. And Father, we thank you. We've endeavored to share in this time how to handle a negative report. For some people, they need to decide not to worry, but to worship. For others, they need to stop blaming you and then believe you. Still others need to not avoid the problem, but to acknowledge it, armed with the greater facts of your word. Someone else needs to remember not to give up, but to get prayed up. Still someone else not to freak out in fear, but to speak out in faith. So help people wherever they are tonight. Strengthen us all. We realize we live in a fallen world with a good, good father, with a good, good God who has inoculated us by faith so that we overcome through every trial, every circumstance, every situation, every negative circumstance or scenario. And I pray for someone who's recently faced a negative report that you'll encourage their heart, that you'll help them to strengthen themselves in the Lord, that you'll help them, Father God, to follow the principles of your word, and that you'll lift them up to victory and that you'll see them through. Father God, thank you for helping people to stay in close company, close fellowship with like-minded believers. We give you all the glory as you watch over us one by one, corporately and individually. We know the word says you'll leave the 99 to go check on one. So we thank you for helping that person who's heard a negative report to respond in faith to trust you to listen to you so that you'll bring them through to the victory we'll give you all the glory we'll give you all the honor and we'll give you all the praise for it now and forevermore in Jesus name